Hello and welcome to the podcast today. Throughout this episode, we'll be discussing exercise. Now, exercise is brandished about all over the place, how to do it, the right way to do it. But I'll just be looking at the science and how exercise not only improves memory, but it also aids to release stress, which lots of people will be feeling around this time with their, with their exams. Not only does exercise improve memory, which has been shown with so many studies, but it also helps teens to get into healthy habits, which can grow and flourish over a lifetime, which also improves expanding their life expectancy. This not only leads to healthy people, but also happier people, which can surely only be a good thing. Here's the episode. Welcome to the Alternative GCSE podcast. I'm your host, Emma Howe, teen coach, advocate of education reform, and I have a successful business within the education sector, which I started eight years ago. I started this podcast as a way to help as many teens and parents of teens as possible to get talking and thinking about some really important subjects. Okay, so it's not actually about GCSEs. No, it is the GCSE that you should be learning about in schools. In this space, you will hear some amazing stories from amazing people, their careers, their lives, and hopefully open your eyes to a different way of thinking. We'll cover everything from financial literacy, health, different types of jobs available to you, mental health, different ways people learn, relationships, advice, tips on how to manage stress and anxiety, and a whole lot more, with the crucial aim to educate you in a way no one has ever done before. And the best part of it is that you're in control of the topics. Every month, I will ask you, yes, you listening right now, what you want to know more about. So let's get started. So when I was a teenager, physical health wasn't really a thing I did. I did dance lessons, as many little girls do and did um, when I was a child. And I think I started at around five And I also kind of finished those when I hit secondary school. I've spoken many times on the podcast about how I was quite ill when I was a teenager and I missed a lot of school. And I can tell you that during my teenage period, I was very sedentary, which means all I did really was sit, sleep and eat. And I didn't really build relationships, but also I didn't get into healthy habits as a teenager. I wasn't a member of a sports club. I actually thought exercise was something weird people did and something I could never do. And it was funny, when I was running um, this weekend, I had a little think and a little trigger almost back to my younger self and how she would just be shocked that now I can run albeit at a slower pace than the marathon runners last weekend, but I can run about four miles in under an hour, which I'm super proud of, seeing as I've only just started running really in the last two years. But I am strong and healthy, and it has been an uphill struggle probably since I was about 20, when I first realised I needed to exercise. But if you're listening to this and you're a parent of a teenager or a teenager, then you have got 
a great wealth of knowledge in your pocket, which is your phone. And you can basically figure out lots of things that were just not available to me in the early 2000s when I was a teenager. So the podcast today is looking at the benefits of exercise, but not really for the way you look, but more the way you feel and your brain and memory. So as our children grow, many parents find it a challenge to get their teens moving. Their lives are busy and what leisure time they have often is spent in front of a screen. But just like adults, obviously teenagers benefit in many ways from regular exercise. Not only does it build endurance, bone and muscle muscle strength, it also builds aerobic fitness and it helps maintain a healthy weight and improve sleep, which a lot of teenagers really struggle with. These factors are really critical as teenagers grow and develop during their formative years. But it also helps mental health as well. It releases endorphins and lowers the production of that stress hormone that I keep mentioning, cortisol. It improves thinking and also memory skills. And it's been shown, I'm going to go into some of the studies, to improve memory skills to an extraordinary length. But it also helps with social situations as well. It reduces the risk of depression and helps teenagers to feel more energetic and take a positive outlook on life. And I just want to pause right now because I want to tell you about one of my students. And she is homeschooled and she couldn't actually go to school because of her crippling anxiety and she felt really anxious about a ton of things. She would really have trouble sleeping I mean, even now, she normally goes to bed about 3am, which I have no idea how she functions in the day, but she does. And um, she had a real trouble. In January, I remembered hearing about homeschooling. This January just gone. I remembered about hearing about how ice skating is really, really cheap and coaches are cheaper for homeschooling kids. And she was kind of interested by that. She'd always kind of been quite fascinated by ice skating and loved it as a kid and so her mum took her along and she can do some cool things on the ice now she's only been ice skating for about five or six months but it's incredible the amount of progress she is fitter she is stronger her memory I can tell you because I see her three times a week is improving vastly and she's doing much better in her exams because she's got her year 11 exams coming up real soon but she's also sleeping better she's going to bed a little bit earlier I'm encouraging that as much as I can and she's sleeping more thoroughly and it's just kind of goes to show oh and she's also making friends which is wicked because one of the issues I think with homeschooling kids in particular and teenagers just generally is the ability to keep maintain and attract really good friendships um and so all really positive things just coming out of me saying oh I think uh, ice skating is the thing that you can do for homeschooling so that's great but one of the biggest benefits of regular exercise for teens is that it establishes a healthy habit which sets a foundation for a lifetime of fitness as I've already mentioned I did not have that when I was a teenager my parents weren't very active people um well I never saw any of my either of my parents go for a run or anything like that or go to the gym um so it wasn't something that was in our household my partner however his parents 
are very, very fit people into tennis, into sailing. He was as a child and teenager as well into rugby and sailing and lots of other lovely things like that. And so it was kind of ingrained. And as you're listening to this, you might be a family that practices yoga together and does lots of active holidays or hiking and canoeing and all that kind of thing. Or you might be a family where it's just not the normal thing to do. And that can be really, really scary. I remember the first time I set foot in a gym when I was 19 and I was petrified and I felt like I was an outsider and I wouldn't fit in there and everyone would look at me and no one did and it wasn't really as big a deal as I was making it in my head but until you start to work together and as a family and have conversations like the one we're having today it might not seem normal and okay to do that kind of thing but it really is so how much exercise does your teenager need? Um, I'm having a look at, or I had a look at a few articles around this. And um, this one is from Australia, I believe. And the Department of Health there and Human Services recommend that children and teens six and older get at least an hour of exercise a day, five to six days per week. So we're looking at six hours of exercise a week. And for some kids, there'll be more because some kids will be into rugby and football uh, or athletics or got some girls that do Gaelic football, um, you know, dance, like all kinds of things. But you shouldn't have any less than that, really. And that also includes for little children like my little one, like running around in the park is also exercise. I can tell you that. Flying a kite is also exercise. If you've if you've uh, ever chased a six year old around a park with a kite, I can tell you that. And um, as part of the hour of exercise, the Department of Health in this article that I looked into, and Human Services recommend that children and teens incorporate these types of types of activities at least three days per week. So you've got aerobic exercise, which is like running, swimming, dancing, like getting your heart going you've also got muscles strengthening now this is a bit controversial because it does include lifting weights resistant bands climbing stairs uh push-ups squats that kind of thing but just be careful about the lifting of weights a lot of boys um in my teenager kind of classes who are 15 16 are really getting into the gym at the moment and i think it's great but i would also if i if it was me and i was um and my son or daughter really wanting to get into the gym i would hire and invest in having like four or however many sessions i could afford with a trainer to make sure that they're doing the right technique they're not going to injure themselves and they have a schedule that they work towards because i think if the teenagers are going to the gym and taking lots of protein for the first time and they're doing quite heavy weights to show off with their friends, but just be careful with this because injury at a young age can be so detrimental later on in their lives. And if you do invest that 200, 300 pounds, which sounds like a lot of money, and it is, you can also get trainers that do online programs as well. But just to make sure they're doing the right technique, it's invaluable. I would really recommend that being a person who has had many trainers, like it's just invaluable. I don't have one at the moment because I'm able to do it off the back of it, but I would definitely recommend that. And uh, bone strengthening, uh, which is a rapid change of direction, jumping ropes and running, basically. 
here are the things that you can do if you have a reluctant teenager and they are getting into exercise for the first time. So modeling healthy exercise behaviors is really good. You don't want it to become obsessive. You don't want them to be, you know, doing hours and hours and hours on end because that is not healthy. But just going out, you know, playing tennis with them, going for walks as a family, which some teenage teenagers may cringe at. Um, but just encouraging it, planning active holidays. So um, going to forests um, for your holidays as opposed to just lying on the beach and having an all-inclusive kind of thing, which is great. I mean, who doesn't love that? But just make sure that, you know, you're encouraging them to see different ideas. A lot of teenagers go to like skiing holidays. A lot of my teenagers are doing Duke of Edinburgh awards right now. And so they're getting into the idea of hiking and that kind of thing. They might hate it, but at least they tried it. Find the fun in exercise. It doesn't need to be boring. Um, it will just depend on what you like. A lot of kids that I know do dance stuff on TikTok and they'll practice dancing and that will be a good exercise for them. They find it fun. Um, dancing, biking, going on nature trail, like anything like that. And incorporate movement into your daily routine. So one of my clients, lovely, lovely mum, in between having classes with me, she walks with her son, just kind of around where my classes are, while the other son is with me. And then they switch over and they have a nice conversation while walking. And that is such a lovely thing to do. Um, making it social, of course, is important. And cheer them on. Like if they're doing something like sailing, for example, I had no idea about sailing until very recently. And it's very cheap to do, believe it or not, unless you're going to buy a boat, but you don't need to. And if you go to like a sailing uh, club, they will get you coached, they will help you out. And it's really fun. So I would definitely recommend that if you haven't tried it before. So moving on to why I'm talking a lot about exercise as a, an educator and it's mostly well one of the key things that you may not have thought about before is how your brain benefits from it so there are lots of potential mechanisms of exercise that may be combining to benefit brain health this is from Dr Bonner Jackson he says in general even in people who are at risk for development of Alzheimer's or other dementias can stave off the decline in some cases for many years and it helps people function better. Physical activity may benefit your brain in a number of ways, each of which in turn helps your brain to retain memory and optimal functioning. So what's good for your heart is basically good for your brain. It improves blood flow to your brain, it reduces inflammation and that's basically stress or if you're eating interesting kind of foods. And it also lowers the levels of stress hormone, which does combat and override memory. Exercise may provide physical benefits to your brain itself. Exercising can increase the thickness of your cerebral cortex and improve the integrity of your white matter. Now, white matter is the part of the brain which has all of the synapses and neurons that connect areas of the brain from one side to the other, which is really important that you keep that connection strong. Exercise also promotes this thing called neuroplasticity, which is 
your brain's ability to form new neural connections. In other words, your ability to learn throughout your life. And that neuroplasticity is the strongest in small children and teenagers. And as adults, it starts to peter off the level of neuroplasticity, but you can train it. One um, example of this is I have a boy who is very, I would probably guess, argumentative in school and likes to contradict authority. However, we have a good working relationship, thank goodness. And he says he never gets anything, nothing ever sticks, but he's a rugby player. So I said, okay, well, if you're doing rugby drills, like what's the point of doing that? Surely it's just better to play the matches. And he's like, no, of course not. Because if you keep doing the drills, then you get better at a particular skill, which then you can pass on in a match situation where you have to think fast. And I said, ah, okay, so that's a bit like revision, isn't it? Where you have to revise a certain topic until you get it. So if it comes up in an exam, your brain is able to think fast and pull it out from your memory. And it shut him up, basically. (laughs) And he was like, oh, yeah, of course. And so it's having these conversations and the idea that your your brain is a muscle and you can grow it, not in the same way that you'll see your bicep growing, but in the same way that you will feel like you remember more. And that neuroplasticity in your brain is only encouraged through effective, and I will do a podcast episode all about sleep as well next week, but it's all to do with exercise, getting blood pumping, short bursts of uh, studying, longer bursts of studying if you really want to enhance your neuroplasticity exercising and eating well and literally that's it sleep at the right time I'm going to do a whole thing about sleep as I've just said and um, so how much exercise do you need for your brain health well aerobic exercises are the ones to focus on here these activities like running jogging biking swimming or even dancing help exercises that get your heart rate up are the best for your brain for most people the goal of physical health should be to engage in physical activity well we've already mentioned how long for this is more for adults here that I'm looking at the study they suggest three days per week for 15 minutes I don't think that's enough really based on other research because I have researched this a lot You should always engage the intensity of your workout basically by your heart rate. So if you're having to breathe heavily, obviously that means you've got the right balance. She adds that a lifetime of regular exercise is best for optimal brain health, but it's never too late to start. So if you're a parent listening to this thinking, I cannot think of anything worse than going to the gym or doing that kind of stuff, but you love your kids, do it start by walking find something that you like and show them how to set up healthy you know healthy habits we're in this time right now where we have so much information where we have so much available and accessible to us than we ever have before that it would almost be kind of wrong to ignore the facts laid out in front of us. And we all know that exercise is good for us, sleeping a good amount of time and eating the right foods are healthy for us. But until we start to put this in practice at home, on the grassroots kind of level, your children and teenagers are not going to see that in action. And if you just talk about it and talk about it, or you have a gym membership that you pay for, but you never go, then that's not good either. If you are a parent, 
and you do have a gym membership, take your teenager around there and spend time with them, showing them how to use the equipment. If you can't afford the one-to-one sessions with a trainer, it's so important that they know how to use the things in the gym. Equally as important is running. If you're doing running and they're running, not to go too fast, you know, just use what you know. And if you don't know, ask someone that does know to help you. Because once you set up these healthy habits, they'll last a lifetime. And it's not just going to benefit them and make them feel better now, because it will get help them to manage their stress in this stressful period that is coming up for year 11s in particular, and A-level students who are going to have a huge amount of the stress hormones inside their body. And unless they dispel that and get rid of it through cardiovascular exercise and strengthening exercises, they are going to be very stressed and grumpy and upset and sad. And as a mother, the thing you want to do is just make them feel cozy and give them lots of, you know, cookies and hot chocolate. But that is not necessarily the best thing to do. If you start once or twice a week, to get them out, especially when they have study leave and do something active, that will do way more for them than the hot chocolate and the biscuits and the sofa nights in that just drag and drag on because they feel like rubbish. If you break the cycle and get them out and moving, it will help their mood, but also, as I pointed out, their memory. I mean, how amazing is it that through exercise, you can increase the volume of your white matter, your gray matter in your synapses, and you can increase your neuroplasticity. Amazing. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. As I said, next week, we'll be talking all about sleep, the benefits of it, how having a good bedtime actually helps to increase rapid eye movement. I'll be covering loads and loads of terms as well. Until then, have a lovely week and enjoy yourself.